The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with me are two of my treasured colleagues, Tim Novak, the investigative specialist extraordinaire, and John Seidel, who does the same thing as the Federal Building for the Chicago Sun-Times. And did you guys ever think that you would see a headline like this? I mean, we've all been around forever. Tim, what do you think? Uh, no, it's been a long time coming. Um, if uh, Alderman Burke had not stayed so long, he would have uh, skated free. But uh, I think he overstayed himself. What do you think, John? It's really remarkable and, and the kind of case we haven't seen in a while. I mean, this is a, a really big deal and a really big case that they've been working on, I think, a lot longer than we realized. So, no, this is really, really something. Well, and let's talk a little bit about the first the news that within a day, less than a day, Mayor Emanuel has forced the resignation of Ed Burke as finance chairman. The way I see it, there was no other way to go. You could not leave him in there presiding over the most important legislation and fighting federal corruption charges. Also, if he didn't step down, he was going to be removed by his colleagues. What do you think? Were you surprised? No. it. it it was uh, an orchestrated effort to get him out of the committee. He's lost a lot of his trappings. He's lost his detail now. He's lost his, he's lost his power base. His chauffeur. Uh, his drivers. He's, um, he's lost the office that he has used all these years to um, help enrich himself, both politically, uh, his, through his through uh, his power, through his campaign fund, and then through his own personal wealth. Were you surprised? Um, maybe just a little. I, I mean, we've, we've seen cases like this before where, uh, you know, the, the aldermen are defiant or politicians who are charged are defiant and, and stick to their guns. And this, but this really, I guess, wasn't his choice either. And, and at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, um, it would really be a big cloud hanging over his head while he, while he handled all of his business. So you're probably right, there was no choice. What stunned me about the indictment as I read it was the two-bit nature of the shakedown, the alleged shakedown. Here is a man who's sitting on a $12 million campaign war chest, who's been in office for 50 years, who is wealthier than hell, who has a, a fortress of a home in Gage Park, on and on. And here he is allegedly extorting legal business from someone as if he were a two-bit hustler. I mean, what, talk about the charges outlined for us. Who wants to go first here? Well, I mean, I, I think you're right. And, and what do they say? You always, you always pretend like, you act like everybody's always wearing a wire, right? 
And uh, so, so it is pretty surprising in that regard. I mean, as you read through the complaint, though, I, I do think it's. I think he he's careful in his wording. I mean, some of some of the the some of the bigger quotes, the, like the the playing hardball quote, comes from somebody else, right? Jim Andrews. From uh, Peter, Peter Andrews. Andrews yeah, yeah. So um, in that regard, he it could see him a little caution there. But but you're right. You'd think after all this time, he'd you wouldn't expect a case like this. Tim, what do you think? I mean, outline the charges for us. Tell our viewers what, what exactly Burke is accused of doing here. Uh, you have a fast food restaurant, a Burger King franchisee, one of the largest franchise holders uh, in the country, wanted to remodel this restaurant, which they had recently purchased. Um, they needed to obtain some permits from uh, the city to do the work, including uh, driveway permits, uh, which were already in place, but you need to renew these when ownership transfers. So they went to the alderman for help, and the alderman um, uh, did what we all think he's done all these years. He, he uh, discussed the project with the uh, owners, and then he uh, uh, inform them of the other things he could do for them uh, very subtly uh, that he has a law business that specializes in property tax assessments they told him they already had somebody that does that um, their their reluctance their reticence to uh, pick up on his cue if you will um, delayed their project for well over a year as they kept uh, delaying permits, stopping the construction, um, basically putting a brick on it until um, they seemed to realize that unless they gave him some legal business, this wasn't going to go anywhere. Now, John, do you see any place where Burke can say, well, I didn't get the legal business or I didn't really threaten them or there was no quid pro quo? Where is his legal defense going to come from? I mean, I think you just kind of touched on it. I, I mean, for, he, he didn't get the business in the end. I mean, as Tim said, they did kind of realize near the end that we're just going to have to give him and do this. But there was somebody uh, associated with the, the company who did tax work for them that really didn't want to give in and, and drag his feet and, and strung this whole thing out. And Burke never got the business, right? And they but got, you don't have to in order to. You don't have crime. to. You don't have to. And it's attempted extortion, right? Right. So, um, so, so, right. But, but he could argue, uh, you know, I, I didn't get the business. They got their permit. Um, and as I was mentioning before, I mean, you're, you're looking for that smoking gun within the complaint, and I, I think there's some room where he could say, you know, I, I never really said that, or I never, that's not what I meant. They took it that way, but that's not what I meant. Now, whether a jury would see that that way, I, you know, would remain to be seen, but I think that's where the defense is. One thing that I think is important here is I, I don't think a lot of people understand the law firm of Clafter and Burke, which uh, there is no Clafter. He died decades ago. so. Clafter and Burke is really Ed Burke, and it's Ed Burke and three other lawyers, one of whom is his, his daughter. daughter. So they, this is all they do. They do nothing else but uh, appeal property tax assessments. Um, this is a relatively small uh, client that Burke has. I mean, um, many of his clients are larger. He's at AT&T. Trump Tower is is uh, the one that's got him in a lot of trouble. But he wanted all of their Illinois business, all the Burger King franchises. Yes, right? he did. But, it wasn't small potatoes, really. Well, but but the the firm is the the firm is um, it, you will see in the indict or in the in the criminal complaint that the 
that the uh, Burger King owners are are, are questioning the um, the uh, uh, ability of Burke's firm to even do this kind of work. That they're kind of like ham-handed, and you know, how can these people actually even do this? But yet, here's a man who is appealing to taxes for years on Trump Tower, and so, you know. Uh, there's always been a question of, you know, how does Donald Trump come to town to build his skyscraper and end up with Ed Burke as his property tax lawyer instead of one of the myriad other firms that are politically connected that could do this work, whether it's Mike Madigan or whoever. But somehow they end up with Ed Burke. And it did well for them, too. It, it did. Save them what? Uh, well, we, we calculated that Burke has saved Trump. $14 million in taxes. Um, he, has, he has tried to purge himself now of his relationship with Trump. Too uh, late. Way too late. Way too late. Tone deaf. Unbelievably so in a majority Hispanic ward. How did he not know that that was a finger in the eye to his constituents? What does that say about him? I, I think there's a, 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 a great degree of arrogance here. Um, that uh, he had done this for so long and um, he had dispatched opponents before. He's really never had a serious race like this before. Uh, I think many years he never even had an opponent at all. So he never really had to worry about his status. He, he, he was able to lock down his chairmanship of the finance committee. No one dared take it from him, whether it's a mayor or his colleagues. Um, they were all afraid of him. They were all afraid of him. And I think because he knows too much. He has a file on everybody. I mean, he's like the J. Edgar Hoover of City Hall. He has a 50-year history, and he knows it well. And so he was more dangerous sniping from the outside than he was bring, bringing him into the tent. And so every mayor, Daley didn't like him, had a lifelong rivalry with him. Rahm Emanuel blamed him for being the heavy hand behind the residency challenge in 2011, yet he reached an accommodation with him. Everybody tolerated it and, and allowed this. Let's talk a little bit about Tony Preckwinkle. She is a beneficiary of the campaign contribution that Burke allegedly muscled from the Burger King owner. Talk about that, John. Yeah, and uh, she's not named in the complaint, but uh, it's pretty she much admits, acknowledged that, it, yeah. that it's her. And uh, Burke was leaning on these, these Burger King executives to attend a political fundraiser. Um, and again, as they realized that they kind of had to play ball with Burke, they realized they had to at least make a donation. So I believe it was that they made a $10,000 donation, uh, but uh, because it was over the limits, they uh, wound up being reduced to 5,600. Um, I, I don't, I, I guess we said, I don't think there's anything in the complaint that alleges that Preckwinkle was doing anything wrong. But obviously there are questions, right, about why Burke was pushing for them to attend that fundraiser. And Tim, there are problems for Preckwinkle because of her filing or lack thereof. Let's talk about that. Um, my understanding is Preckwinkle and her campaign were unaware of all this coming until yesterday when the charges were announced. Uh, they never they never recorded the donation. Um, they're claiming now that they never accepted the donation, that they returned it. But uh, legally, you still have to record that donation as, as in, uh, something you received, and then you have to record that you returned it. That was never done. 
now they've done that, they've, they've recorded it, that they received it, and they've recorded that they returned it all, except that my understanding is they have not returned it all. They kept 5,600 of it, which is the legal limit of what you can accept, and they returned 4,400 hours of it to the Burger King owners. They're maintaining they returned all of it. There is apparently documentation um, that the Burger King owners only received 4,400 of it back. So is this something that could sink her mayoral campaign? Does it say something about what kind of mayor she would be? What do you think? Anybody? John? I mean, I'd certainly defer to you. I, I certainly think it's a problem for her, but there are other candidates that have ties to Burke too, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's I, it, it, there's so many variables in this race. I, I mean, again, I, I I w the way I see it, uh, the, the most, uh, the person with maybe the dirtiest hands at the moment would be, say, Chico, because he worked for Burke, he had Burke's endorsement, he worked for Burke during council wars, and he has this long-standing friendship. And not that he is culpable in anything his Burke is doing, but he is tied to him closest. Then you have Preckwinkle with her problem with the contribution and the fundraiser that she had. You have Mendoza. Who wouldn't be state wouldn't have been state rep without him? Uh, the first race that she lost, the second race that she won, and city clerk that she won, and then now as state controller and got married at his house. Boy, that house was busy, wasn't that, that it? That house is. Um, it's what is it? A rooftop that he has these fundraisers a, and these weddings and must be something. That house. Have is you ever been there? I've not been inside. You haven't been invited. Been, I can't I, believe I, it. I've not been invited, but I've been. Uh, all around it, um, it's a very, very large house. It's probably three to four times larger than any other house in the neighborhood, and, and it uh, dwarfs every house both in size and in height, and is a f surrounded by a gate, and the orange line runs right behind it. Um, and there have been many fundraisers and parties and weddings, all political events in that house over the years. In looking at the indictment, John, when I saw the number of phone calls of his cell phone that were taped, it, it occurred to me that this Burger King thing they may have just stumbled upon in the course of a much broader and larger and longer investigation, and that there's a lot of other stuff that's going to come down. How much more are we going to see from this? Well, it's, it's hard to say, but there's clearly room for, for more to come out. And I think that's an excellent point. You know, I think one of the earliest calls we see in there is around, like, call, like, 300-something, right? Right. Um, but if you look through the complaint, um, as time goes on, those calls, the, call, the number of calls increases rapidly. Uh, a couple days later, they're, they're into 400. Uh, it goes on, I think, uh, I'm not sure exactly where it ended, but I think by October or so, it was into, like, 7,000. Whoa. Calls that they that they're listening to, right? I think I was on there being hung up on a bunch of times. <laughs> I'm sure you were too, right? Uh, well, that's the cell phone so, we call. And, and we don't know in here. I don't believe it. It says exactly when the judge gave uh, the go ahead to start listening to those calls or why. Or why. Yeah, why? It why? wasn't the Burger King, right? And there was right? apparently no. surveillance too. They were they were watching him driving around. They mentioned that they Beverly Country Club, right? And so on. Right. So, yeah, and and you know. The way they charge this, I mean, kind of gives a sense that they, they wanted to get these charges filed. But, you know, he's going to have to be indicted and then we could see a superseding possibly, you know, just depending on how this plays out. So, yeah, there's lots of room for more to come out. Basically, his phone was tapped for 16, 17, 18 months. They were recording his conversations. 
there are going to be a lot of people in town. There are a lot of people in town wondering what they might have said. What they were recorded saying to him on that phone. Oh, there's no uh, doubt. There's a lot of tight throats all over town. I'm sure. Well, and and I, I just wanted to add. I mean, we didn't find out about this till the raid in November, right? This goes back in the complaint to May of 2017. So all that time between November, last November and May 2017. And why what? did they suddenly get on to him? What is it? I mean. Tim, let's face it, we have written so many dozens and dozens of stories where Burke has been investigated and skated and investigated and skated. One of the most dangerous ones for him, I remember, being Alderman Joe Martinez, who was a ghost payroller on the Finance Committee and was working at Burke's law firm, and he testified to that, and nothing happened. Or you had the, uh, the daughter of, of uh, Tony Lurino on the, on the Finance Committee payroll. There was Burke's role in the Pat Hewell security firm. On and on, we've seen so many things. Why has he skated for this long, and why now, as he turns 75? I don't know why he skated so long. There's always been the rumor out there, as you're well aware of. Um, I'm told Mayor Daley was a firm believer in the rumor that Ed Burke was an informant for the FBI, so that gave him carte blanche to do whatever he did. I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't know if we ever will know if that's true or not. Why now? Um, I, you know, I think part of life is to know when to leave the party. And he didn't. Mr. Burke did not know when to leave the party. And the irony, John, as we go, that Ed Verdoliak and Ed Burke, both of them, Verdoliak facing a return to prison, Burke facing prison. The two cohorts in council right. wars, amazing. Right, right. Yeah, no, Verdoliak's been under indictment for some time now, and he's got a trial coming up pretty soon. And uh, um, I, I think we may be hearing more about that very soon. Interestingly, the, the same uh, prosecutor on both cases, too. And we'll leave you with this line from, the, from Batman. This town needs an enema. <laughs> See you next week. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.